This is a Hot Pie Original. Hi, this is Pat Pearson and Hot Pie Media bringing you Stop Self-Sabotage. I'm going to be bringing you this program every week, and we're going to be delving into the wonderful messiness of our lives. We're going to be talking about your hopes, your fears, and the emotional issues that you need to resolve to make you even happier will be discussed at all all the times we're together. In this process, you got to ask yourself, what's in it for you? Well, what's in it is an uplifting information, renewed hope, and some fabulous people who are going to come in to share their life stories. All of it wrapped up in a wonderful container to help you deserve even more of life's great adventure. Come join me. We're going to have a good time on Hot Pie Media. Stop self-sabotage. This is Pat Pearson. I'm here with Stop Self-Sabotage, and I'm so happy today to have two wonderful women here that are also part of Hot Pie Media, and they're going to share with who they are and what they're doing. So, Barbara, Tessa, tell us about you. I'm Barbara Newman. I'm Tessa Torrance Newman. Thanks for having us. We we host another Hot Pie original, which is The Strong Podcast. And it's really an advocacy podcast where we highlight individuals who have triumphed over adversity. Maybe it's relating to things like sexual abuse or domestic violence or you Drug know, so many things. Um, but important topics that we need to talk about. Yes, and, of course. And we love your show and all the folks at Hot Pie. So well, we're appreciative to be here. Yeah, of course. And of course, that all plays into mental health. Yeah. We have to, we all have to understand where we come from and what's happened to us as a way of moving forward. Absolutely. So thank you for your advocacy and what thank you're doing. You. Yeah. Thank and you. Thank so you. Well. Yeah. Okay. Well, today we're doing communication. How to, how to, how to um, live and communicate in ways that keep us out of trouble. All right. So which, you know, a lot of times we get in trouble with communication. Sure. But today we're going to be talking about what's called the drama triangle. And this was um, created in the 70s by a man named Stephen Karpman. And it was very big in the transactional analysis of part of psychology. And it's, a, as I said, it's a way of uh, describing roles people get into. Now, this this applies when communication goes wrong. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of times, most of the time, it goes right. So there's no problem. But when we get in the drama triangle, it's when it's gone wrong. Let me tell you about what this looks like. All right. Now, in the drama triangle, there are three different roles that people get in when they enter the triangle. Now, remember, you don't get in the triangle all the time. And when you get in it, it's usually... Um, inadvertent. Okay, nobody wants to be in a negative communication. But how we get in it is usually uh, um, is usually from one of these three positions. Rescuers are people who tend to give ninety percent and get back ten. They're the overgivers. Victims are people who don't know what they want. They either feel hopeless or helpless, and they can look to rescuers to save them. And persecutors are people who have given and given and given, and at some point in time flip either from the victim position to persecutor or from rescuers to persecutor. Now, I'm going to talk much more in depth about this, but that's the way the triangle looks 
And we're going to come back to this in just a second. So three roles in the triangle. Rescuers are the good guys, right? They're what all of our mothers have taught us to be, right? To be sweet, to be thoughtful, to turn the other cheek, to keep giving. Now, let me make this very clear. I am not anti-giving by any means. We need to give and we need to be open to receiving, but it needs to have some reciprocity, okay? Rescuers overgive. Mm -hmm. They give too much and then they end up getting the short part of the stick, okay? Mm -hmm. So here's some of the characteristics. Um, They give 90%, they get back 10, right? They don't say no to things that they don't want because they feel like it's their job to take care of everybody else. They don't ask for what they want. We don't ask. I'm talking as an RR, a reformed rescuer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Everybody in my profession comes out of rescue at some level. Um, so we don't ask for what we want. Uh, we don't set firm boundaries so that we may say we have a boundary, but then we give it up once somebody pushes on us. Mm-hmm. Um, we tend to be overly responsible and, um, the out the and there's a belief in the rescuer position that's a little bit interesting, and the belief is that we think that we're the only ones who can do it right. So we rush in sometimes to fix and to help without asking people whether they want it or they're interested in being fixed or helped. Okay, I see a lot of head nodding. You guys, you guys <laughs> resonating with this? Is it singing your song a little bit? Okay. We're, we're rescuers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about that. How do you see yourself as a rescuer, uh, Tessa? You know, I have always, I think since childhood, probably been one of those people that just wants to help people. Yeah. And so I think when you're that person, it creates a situation a lot of times where you want to help people, but it's often to your detriment. And I think you have to take a lot of steps to get through that and put up those boundaries where Mm -hmm. you have that in your heart where you want to help people, but you're not doing it to your detriment and you're not doing it in all those ways that create. Yeah. You're not rushing in to fix them without asking them whether they're interested in being fixed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. Thanks. How about you, Barbara? I think the same. I am because of my upbringing and background naturally fell into the rescuer category. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had seven kids and, and create kind of that positioning. Um, it's what made sense. Right. But sure. I, but I absolutely understand getting to a point. Um, then, you know, I worked in a business where being a rescuer was really important. Um, mm-hmm. But when it's in every direction in your life like that, it can be extremely exhausting. Uh, it's always exhausting. And, <laughs> and it brings up resentment too, because you're given and given and given and you're, you know, there's a, and I'm talking about myself, mm-hmm. there's a level of, of what's, what's in it for me. I think well, for me, I'm yeah. sorry, but no. I think a really important piece is that I didn't fall to that. But what happened is the minute that I stepped back and said, I think I have to put up a boundary, like with musicians, for instance, don't call me at 3am to move your flight for the next morning. Of course. And then what happened, though, is they were so accustomed to me being in a position of doing and doing that uh, they became very angry. And then um, there was a big 
flat back. And, and so I had to learn to say, oh, you know what? Um, I want to do these things and I want to help people, but I have to protect my well-being and my family's well-being sure, by implementing impenetrable boundaries, which is difficult. Yes, yeah. of course. And what you're talking about here in the Rescue Triangle is that you gave and gave and gave and, and they took. And then at some point in time, when you set a boundary, they flipped a persecutor. Because mm-hmm. remember, once you get in the triangle, okay, <laughs> let me say this again. Once you get the triangle, you buy a ticket and you take the ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't get out of the triangle until you've hit every step in it. So rescuers always become victims. Victims always become persecutors. Rescuers can become persecutors. Persecutors can become victims. I mean, it is this ongoing, you know, dance Mm -hmm. around the triangle. Right. Yeah. So let me tell you a little bit more about the other positions. Victims. Victims feel helpless, hopeless. They, um, They want to give up a lot of times. And they feel like they just can't do things. So they turn to rescuers to help them. And us folks who are all used to being rescuers do that. Mm -hmm. And so then there's a kind of dependency set in. I mean, this is the whole thing they talk about in addiction of codependency. Mm -hmm. And a victim can be fake or real. Okay. Now a fake victim. Well, first of all, let's talk about a real victim. Mm -hmm. Real victim is somebody whose car breaks down by the side of the road and you're a nice person or it's a friend of yours. And they call you and they say, you know, Barbara, can you come get me? And you're in the middle of dinner with seven kids and, you know, but they're your friend. So you drop everything and you go and pick them up. Mm -hmm. And if they're a real victim, they thank you. They mean it. And that's that. Mm -hmm. A fake victim, it would happen every week or something Mm -hmm. in which they need you to fix their problem. And where it's never enough. Well, that's, yeah, you can never, you can never actually deliver what it is they want, even if you solve every problem. And then what happens when you, the rescuer, don't, you know, finally do put up the boundary with the fake victim? They get mad. Yeah. They get mad. They flipped a persecutor. Look at the triangle. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so, and um, so they, the victims, look to others for their direction or their reality or, or solving their problems. Yeah. And like I said, they can feel helpless or hopeless. Now, sometimes there's a real helplessness and that's a real victim that mm-hmm. you help and they're appreciative and it's done. Yeah. The fake victims are repetitive over mm-hmm. time. It's chronic and there's the differentiation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're under responsible. They alt, uh, they alternate between depression and sadness, usually as emotional states um, in the victim position. Okay. Now what happens after you've given and given and given and you haven't felt appreciated or they've pushed back and they've been negative to you or something has happened. That's this is a very unstable triangle, by the way. Mm -hmm. Okay. So something's happened. So now you flip from rescuing to persecuting and you say something like, after all I've done for you, mm-hmm. <laughs> when I'm when I'm giving uh, speeches to thousands of women about when I'm talking about they flip to persecutor, somewhere when I get into after all I've done, there's this chorus 
for you. (laughs) They put it out there because that's the feeling. The feeling is I've given all this to you. You don't appreciate it. You aren't thanking me. You aren't getting on with your life. And so now you are mad or so rescuers can flip to persecutor or victims can say, well, thank you very much. I really don't need you anymore. And you didn't do it very well in the first place. So they can flip to persecutor and, Mm -hmm. and criticize you or put you down. So persecutors are angry. Mm -hmm. They've had it. And they're justifiably angry. They have reasons and they can list all the reasons why they have a right to be angry at you. Okay. So they blow up either internally or externally. All right. So there's a blow up in the relationship. And if they blow up externally, then they say things that they may not mean or or they act out in ways they that. Don't feel great to you, of course, uh, have them act out. Um, and, and if it's you and you've said something that you didn't like to have said, what is the next feeling you're going to have? What do nice people feel? I feel guilt. Bingo. Here we go. Ready? Guilt is what takes persecutors back into rescuers. Okay? Mm-hmm. We say, wow, hmm. you know, I really shouldn't have thrown that bottle of, 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 of water at her head. <laughs> well, maybe I should. Anyway, so you're in the, you go, oh, you know, I shouldn't have acted that way. So I'm going to call her up or him up. I'm going to take him out to lunch. I'm going to make it up to them. So what happens? You buy another ticket and you take another ride. Mm-hmm. You guys with mm-hmm. me? Yeah. All right. So. Tell me about what have you seen from yourselves about going around the rescue triangle? Oh, where do we start with the rescue triangle? <laughs> Gosh. Just start with whatever comes to mind. You know, I just, I think the problem with being a rescuer is that you feel it in your heart. That feeling that you want to help people and rescue people. Well, help and rescue are two different things. Well, and that's the problem that when you're in the triangle, you think it's the same thing. Exactly. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so, and the other piece is, I think naturally by having that tendency, you tend to somehow attract the a fake disproportionate victims. number of people in yeah. that other category because it works. Sure. Yeah. Sure. They, you can't have, you can't do the dance without them and they can't do the dance without you. Right. This right. is a dance around the triangle. You both buy tickets and you both take the ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. Thank you. How about you, Barbara? How do you see yourself in this? Well, I, I see it much the same way. I, um, I, I have too many thoughts to yeah. even articulate Cause, cause because the problem is that you can never do enough Mm -hmm. at that point once you're in that place and if you're cemented in and especially if there are uh, a a number of people acting in unison in the victim category um it's easy to get stuck in the guilt rescue mode Mm -hmm. because they know how to push that button Mm. and if you're um, trying to just have peace and harmony and keep things functional, often it's easier. That's why I said impenetrable boundaries, which is almost impossible. It's a daily battle because right. that boundary can just 
drop because it's easier just to say, oh, I'll fix it. I'll do it. And then we're back in the cycle. If it doesn't, the victim becomes the persecutor and then the rescuer becomes the victim and it's painful. (laughs) And so your your need to please everyone is like, well, it's better than being persecuted or it's better Mm -hmm. than right. Well, I mean, that's how it feels sometimes. Well, yeah, I mean, it may feel that way, but it. But it's not. But it's not. Right. Yeah. I mean, getting in the triangle creates all that. Exactly. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about it in a second how to get out of it. Yeah. But first of all, we need to see how we get in it. Yeah. You know, we need to understand there's a preferred role that most of us have. It sounds like we all three are rescuers. And most women are. You know, we're Mm -hmm. trained to be good and thoughtful and sweet and to do for other people and all that kind of good stuff, which is all great. Please, everybody hear me. I am all forgiving, yeah. but I just want it to be proportional. I don't want it to be 90, 10. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because 90, 10 doesn't preserve you. Mm-hmm. It sets you up to be persecuted. Yeah. To the detriment of yeah, yourself. It does. It yeah. does. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, um, so, okay. We know, we know how we get in there. Okay. Sure. Let's talk about how to get out. What do you yeah. think? I think that's great. <laughs> okay. It would be very useful. Yes, yes. <laughs> Anti-rescue. Here we go. In any relationship, you want to give your fair share. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, hopefully most of the time that's 50% and they give 50% back. Sometimes if people are sick or in crisis, maybe 60-40, maybe 70-30. But it is never 80-10 or 90-10. Not in healthy relationships. Okay. There is a way in which you've got to keep that um, balance going on and on, go on a situ- situation by situation basis mm-hmm. and on an ongoing basis. Mm-hmm. Here's how I, I view it in my head. It's like dancing. Okay. Dancing with someone, you take a step, they take a step, you take a step, they take, I mean, there's a flow. Right. And if they stop dancing, they sit down and, and, you know, you go over them and you say, well, do your feet hurt? I mean, we were dancing. It was great. What, what happened? You know, right. and you and you wait to see what they have to say about it. Now, a good rescuer will just dance for them. We'll just pull them around the the, the, the ballroom, yeah. you know. Oh, you know, whatever. OK, I'll just drag you around. I'll dance. Put on, get on my back. Right. And that's where we go wrong. <laughs> That's where um, giving becomes rescuing. That's where we don't help ourselves to help someone else. That's where we go into fixing mm-hmm. and we buy that ticket and now we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, And it may take four minutes. It may take four hours. It may take four weeks. It may take four months. But at some point in time, that relationship is going to blow up mm-hmm. because it's unstable. Sure. Right? Yeah. So you have to be able to wait and not do anything more in that relationship until they show up with their fair share. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And and you got to be able to ask for that, you know? Mm-hmm. I need you to participate. Yeah. I need you to rest, maybe okay, then get up here and dance. Mm-hmm. We're dancing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If you don't want to dance, tell me. We'll readjust. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to dance for you. Yeah. And I like that metaphor because it, I think it's it's visual. Mm-hmm. You know, people can say, okay, well, well, I've been dancing too much. You know, yeah. I've been tap dancing for them and I don't yeah. need to do that. Sure. So you got to say no to things that you don't want to do. You can say no nicely, but you got to say no. Right. This is anti rescue. You have to ask for what you want, negotiate with people 
to, to get it, you know, but you at least got to put it out there. You can't assume that they get everything they want first and you'll take the leftovers. You know, mm-hmm. you got to um, ask for what you want. And then you have to set firm boundaries and stick by them, you know, impenetrable or whatever, but firm. Mm-hmm. And so there's a shared responsibility in that. We're in life together. Mm-hmm. We're both adults, you know, and it's different with children, of course. Mm-hmm. But but to a, and at a certain point, mm-hmm. you better be switching that with your kids, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're here to share responsibility. OK, and that's what we're going to do. So. If any of us ever get in the rescue triangle, which is most of us, and I still get it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I mean, I teach the darn stuff, right? You know, <laughs> I know all about it. Yeah. I go, whoa, what was that? Oh, whack. Okay, I get it. Um, which one of these do you have a problem with? Do you give more than your fair share? Do you not say no? Do you not ask? Or do you not set firm boundaries? Barbara, which one of those is your, is your one you get? tripped up by. You can have more than one. I give too much. I don't say no. I try to set boundaries, but I typically break them down. Okay. I don't remember what the other one was, but. Say no, ask for what you want. I think I ask for what I want. Okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. I would say so. Yeah. I'm pretty good. I'm good at that one. Okay. Yay. (laughs) Yay. All right. Tessa, how about you? I think I give a lot. And I've I've tried to get better about boundaries. I think when you have like some of the wake up calls that come with being a rescuer yeah, that I've had in just probably the past year and a half or two years. And yeah, yeah. I feel like, you know what I want to say though? And I don't know if it's a good time, but about this, the really interesting piece of this for me is um, we work really well together because because we are give and take. Yeah. 100%. And, and, and there isn't, yeah. we don't drop gonna each that. other into that place. So we don't have to rescue. We help, we assist, we respect. It's 50, 50. It, it's it collaborative. Is. I it love is. collaborating, but it's not one of my favorite that. things, <laughs> but when it can't be 50, 50, because yeah. there's times I, it can't, so, there's yeah, times yeah. you'll pull 80 and I yeah. pull 20 and there's times I pull 80 and you pull 20, exactly. but then it goes back to that. Right. Point. Yeah. There's a, there's a, yeah. there's a clear reciprocity and you yeah. guys know you're going to do that with each other. Yeah. yeah. So there's a trust. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Good. Good. All yeah. right. We're lucky. Yes, you are. We are. Yes, you are. Um, so this, you may have already answered this, but do you only get into rescue with family members or do you do it in business? Oh, oh God, no. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> God, <Horrible>. no. <laughs> okay. Business too. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, you know, it's interesting because I always, um, uh, for many years I, I sold um, seminars, you know, yeah. so I was, that was my business psychotherapy and I was gave seminars in corporate America and I would be, I remember I was on hold once and I always discounted my seminars from kind of less than I should have asked for mm-hmm. because it was some level of me that I thought, Oh, well, you know, once, I mean, they, I want them to like me and I want to be helpful. and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So I'm sitting on this phone call and it's going later and later. He's like, got me on hold and I'm getting more and more annoyed. Mm-hmm. I'm going, okay. Every minute he keeps on hold, I'm going up another $500. And by the time he came back on and I gave him my price, 
it was, you know, it was 50% more. But (laughs) what what that was for me is I'm not going to just sit here and keep giving, you Mm -hmm. know, I need to value myself. He didn't blink. It was fine. Paid me that amount. And I walked away and said, I hope I learned something here. I hope I learned not to, you know, overgive. You know, I don't have to Mm -hmm. set your boundary, ask for what you want, let it play out. But I had to get mad to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, and I think you also like have to find your worth. I think sometimes you get to that. No, but you get to that place as a rescuer, you're rescuing people. And once you find your worth, Mm -hmm. you realize you kind of gain clarity in that. Right. Of Of course you do. Well, yeah. And you go, okay, I see it because all personal development is realizing what you've done in the past and being able to make some choices in the present that yeah. will impact the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you have to, you know, you have to know where you've been before you know where you're going to go. Right. You right. know, and most of that, in my experience as a therapist, is you have to know where you've been that you didn't like mm-hmm. and yeah. it didn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of this that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so when you're trying to stay out of trouble, when you're helping someone, the key in this is to live the anti-rescue steps. Let me go over those again. Give 50%. You know, if you have to give 60, okay. 70, but don't give 80. Don't give 90. Ask for what you want. Say no to what you don't want. Okay. Nicely, but say no. All right. And then set firm boundaries and stick by them. So Mm -hmm. you don't drop everything at two in the morning and race out to help somebody. So you don't loan money to someone who's taking you for too much already, whether that be a family member or a friend or kids or whatever it is, you know? So these are the, these are the things that we have to look at. And um, so as we're talking about this, um, what are you, um, what are you willing to do about it now? What have you uh, seen about how to stop your own rescue process? Oh gosh, why don't you take Go, yeah, Barbara, <laughs> rescuer, <laughs> right? <laughs> Jump in. You know, I think I think I've been working on trying to say no, but I did think of it yesterday. I was exhausted, and phone calls kept coming in, and and it's your kids, or it's it's somebody that you know needs something, and and it got to the point where I couldn't set the phone down, and I was laughing at myself about it, going, "This is absurd," because any one of these people would understand if I said, Hey, I just can't have the call right now. So I did it. I did it. And I was proud of myself and the person was a little irritated, but they understood. Sure. Um, but for me, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where it's at is that I, I have to, I have to stick to saying no and I have to set the boundaries and, and I, and I have a hard, I have a hard time. Even if they're a little irritated about it, you know, yeah. e- even if, Because, you know, if they've been used to getting their way, they will probably have a little irritation. But, you know, you can you can say to them, hey, I just want to tell you, I've learned something about myself and I'm trying to put this into effect because I've exhausted myself and burned myself out uh, by overgiving. Mm -hmm. So I hope you understand this, not personal, not that I don't care about you. Mm -hmm. Just I've given enough today. Well, and that I I, at some point have to say to myself, this isn't even about 
them, I created the situation to yeah. a degree. If I give, 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 and I always answer the call, yeah. it's, it, of course, they're going to be surprised or offended when I don't, because right. I set it up to be this way. So it's up to me to change it. Yeah. There you go. Take responsibility. Absolutely. Nice, nice. nice. Well, you said the hours, you can call me between eight and five. Yeah. You know? Not afterwards. I don't yeah. answer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Tessa, how about you? <laughs> I think for me, it's been more finding that clarity and taking my power back in it. Because yes. I think when you're the rescuer, like you kind of create that almost powerless feeling like in a weird way. You don't have a choice. Yeah. And so Feel obligated. Yeah. It's and obligation. so I know, like in my work, for instance, I have someone who works for me who we work amazing together and we do amazing things together. But this particular person just came from a difficult place towards me often. And in I would always go into that rescuer mode of, okay, I have to do this and I have to just take what they're heaping upon me, even if it's not the most healthy or kind situation. And I remember one day, this was actually a pivotal point in my life. I was just like, you know what? I, you know, I never come the, from the place of I'm the boss. Cause I always want to be, you know, have high morale and be very on just mm-hmm. the same level. But I finally said, I'm the boss here. Go, you got to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and I'm not perfect. I rescue people a lot, but I remember in that moment going, you just did it. You just did the first step, yes. you know? Yes. And so that was like a pivotal point where I realized what I was doing. Right. And that right. it wasn't helping anything. Good, good, good. And, you know, here's the paradox. You're not helping them either. Right. And the, and the relationship actually feels better. That's what I've found yeah. when you, yeah, when you're yeah, actually, it's much better now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. You're not helping them. You're keeping, because in, in as a rescuer, what happens when you start to, to, to rescue people and pick victims to help and, you know, do all this for everybody else, there's, there's a silent message that says, I'm infantilizing you. I don't believe that you can handle this. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to do it for you. And I think one, you know, for me, one of the times that I really got that was, um, was very helpful because I thought that is the antithesis of what I want to do. I want to help them and make them feel good. I Mm -hmm. don't want to give them a message that I think they're incompetent. Sure. And because I'm the only smart rescuer in the room and I got to do it for them, you know, I mean, that's silly, you know, but there's that underlying a little bit of arrogance in their rescue position, you know? Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Questions, thoughts, you guys all ready to go out there and not rescue anymore. (laughs) I mean, it makes so much sense. I'm sure anyone, anyone watching will go, Oh yeah. Wow. This makes a lot of sense. You know, I mean, Absolutely. Everyone, everyone falls into. Well, particularly women. And I'm a men do too. I mean, it's not, this is not gender based. Um, I I think probably women do it more, but, um, but men certainly do it as well. And it's dysfunctional anywhere. Mm -hmm. It keeps your relationships in, in trouble. And a lot of families, 
Thanksgiving is just sitting down and running around the rescue triangle. Okay, so you right. want to be rescuer now? Do you want to be victim? Do you want to be yeah. mad? Yeah. Oh, you can be mad later. I'll be mad now. You be uh, weddings, <laughs> weddings, yeah, you name it. The whole but, thing. But it is powerful because it, it teaches us that we have to, it's like school. We have to give people the tools. It doesn't mean we can't help people. It doesn't mean we no. can't give them the tools and have good relationships with people, but don't do it for them. Teach no, them, definitely. you know, lead them to the water, but yeah, don't drink for it. Yeah. And yeah. believe in them, you know, but let them do it for themselves and, yeah. and, and not only let them, but just take the position that that's what adults do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, adults don't overuse this. Okay. Well, any other questions? No, we're good. I don't think so. All right. Great. All right. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you you for rescuing me here. No, (laughs) (laughs) it was fun and it went fast. Yeah. That's what you got to do here. You got to infotainment, right? (laughs) Keep them informed and entertained. Yeah. And please everybody go and hear this wonderful um, mother and daughter talk about strong on hot pie media. So stop. So sabotage for the day. We're over and out. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home on the web at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.